Welcome to the Heart of Dating Podcast. Hey, it's Kate. I'm so glad you could join us this week as we try to untangle the ever so ambiguous world of dating as a Christian. Over here on Heart of Dating, we get real as we answer some tough questions and uncover transformative ways to approach Christian dating. Oh, and you better believe we have some laughs along the way, because last time I checked, the struggle is hashtag real. You know what I'm saying? Now, let's get to the heart of the matter. What is up, you guys? It's Kate here, and surprise, surprise, we are on a season break, but you didn't think that we were going to go away forever, did you? Because on the season break, we have some fun mini-series for you. We've titled this mini-series, The What If Mini-Series, confronting the what-ifs of the single life. We're going to combat a lot of those what-ifs, probably not all of them, but a lot of them, and Our goal here is to really meet you where you are and some of the questions that you have. And I'm obviously not doing this alone because I keep saying we. And so today I want to introduce you to someone really special to be my girl, Haley Kenyon. Hey, hey, Heart of Dating fam. (laughs) You guys, Haley, how long have you, she's with Heart of Dating, you guys. And I want you to know more about Haley. So tell them a little bit about you, girl. Of course. Well, (laughs) I'm Haley obviously and at heart of dating I get the honor and pleasure of being the digital marketing coordinator yes. so some of you might have seen me on the reels that's right if you follow us on Instagram and <laughs> if you don't you need to because we're having so much fun over there they are hilarious <laughs> Haley is doing an amazing job you probably now you're connecting you hear her voice you're mm-hmm. like I've seen her insta on the Instagram if you follow us if you don't get on the gram we're having so many laughs over on the heart of dating Instagram but Haley you're killing it girl thank you It's been a blast. And so what else are you passionate about? I know you have so many amazing Mm. passions. I'd love to hear some of those. So many passions, (laughs) like a true Enneagram 7. Everything (laughs) is my passion. Exactly. Well, I love that you're an Enneagram 7. Um, But currently I live in San Diego, which is a city I love. And I'm just so grateful to be there. And honestly, I just love communicating and being in community with people Mm. and seeing people find healing and freedom in their identity in Jesus Christ and being able to walk out in that in authority. So I'm loving being able to communicate that through Heart of Dating, through Instagram, just through so many different avenues currently. And I spend a lot of time on Instagram. Like I tell people I work on Instagram. Yeah. Like, that's my office. I know when people are like, oh, I sent you a message on Instagram. I'm like, do you understand? Like for me, Instagram is work, you yes. know, like I love it. I love connecting with you guys, but it's also, it's not like I'm just going on there to have fun chats. Mm-hmm. Like it is like a work thing for exactly. me, probably for you too in a yes. way, Haley. But you guys also, Haley has an awesome Instagram. I want you guys to check it out. It's at Haley Kenyon and how you spell her name is H-A-I-L-E-Y. That was fun. H A I L E Y. My grandpa. Like I learned how to how to spell my name with that song. H A I L E Y. I was like, it rhymes. As yeah. I was saying it, that made it fun. And then your last name, Kenyon, K E N Y O N. My Instagram is at the Haley Kenyon. That's right, the. We gotta add the the, the. because there's probably another one out there. 
But yeah, guys, go check her out. And so Haley's going to be joining us for this mini series. It's so fun. We do have an age gap between us. So it's fun because what is our age gap? Like 10 years. It is. Yeah. Yeah, Well, right about nine years. Nine years. Okay. It's about nine years. Oh, yeah. Because your birthday's coming Mm -hmm. up. Right. So we have a nine years age gap, which is so fun because we have different experiences and can relate to many different things and probably a lot of different kinds of things that you guys are going through. Also, Lovey keeps coming up and she really (laughs) wants to hang out with us. So Lovey says, hi, everyone. (laughs) Lovey. Okay, guys. So today on the What If series, our very first episode, we are talking about what if rejection is ruining your life? Oh, dun, dun, dun. dun, dun. <laughs> Starting off heavy, hot yeah, and heavy over here. Big R word. <laughs> and you guys, the reason why we want to start with this is because, first of all, I mean, if you didn't already know, I wrote a book on rejection. I'm very passionate about this topic of rejection because it impacts every single person. Mm. Single, not single, like every person, no one is immune to the sting of rejection. And rejection also comes in many different forms. It oftentimes when you're single, you think of the word rejection, you think of heartbreak, you think of like somebody broke my heart, right? Um, And a breakup, but rejection can come in so many different forms than just heartbreak. And that's what I actually wrote about in my book. Thank you for rejecting me. But today we really want to press into, you know, what do you do if rejection is ruining your life? Yeah. And I think one thing we can do right off the bat is just acknowledge that rejection hurts, that it can be so painful when we don't have the right perspective on it. And I know for me, after my first breakup, it was just such a toxic relationship, but I physically was in more pain than I had ever been in coming out of a rejection like that. And I've had knee surgeries and back injuries (laughs) and nothing has been more painful than when I had faced my first rejection because I had no no correct concept of rejection or I had no idea how to reframe it. And so that's what made it so painful emotionally. My whole body was just in shock. You guys, I literally thought I was dying. I was like, someone take me to the ER. This is I'm dead. Yeah. I mean, literally they have connected physical, emotional pain with physical pain. It re it, uh, activates the same thing in the brain as physical pain. So you can break your arm and you can also have a heartbreak and it, the pain Mm -hmm. in your brain, it signals the same thing to the brain. So your brain is like, I'm in deep pain. That's all your brain knows. It's deep, deep, deep pain. And so heartbreak can literally feel like your heart is broken, Mm -hmm. like the actual act of breaking your heart. And it's really, really, really painful. And I can totally relate. So just so you guys know how we're going to do these series, Haley and I are going to share a bit of our stories and, you know, we're going to leave the episode with a final nugget of dating advice as we always do here on Heart of Dating. And these are going to be shorter episodes for you guys. So we want to really meet you where you are and we want to share vulnerably and also give you some advice and encouragement along the way. So we're going to start by sharing the biggest lie that both Haley and I have believed in rejection. Many of you on the podcast are new here, and I'm so glad that you are. And if you have heard my story before, then you're going to, you've probably heard some of this. But, you know, in chapter five of my book, Thank You for Rejecting Me, I wrote about this rejection with a guy named Chris, which was one of the hardest rejections of my life. This was a relationship that came way after my toxic and abusive relationship that I went through. And, you know, I was actually feeling like I was ready to date. I actually wasn't in the best place to date in retrospect, but you learn every, you learn so much through actually dating and that rejection actually propelled me to deeper healing. Mm-hmm. But 
this guy was awesome. You know, he was quote unquote, this awesome Christian guy. And I was like, all the feels, all these long texts, hard eye emojis. Like I was on top of the world. I'm like, I'm going to marry this guy. He had a really hard last name. So I was trying to get around that. But I was like, you know, this is it. He's a great Christian guy. He's super amazing. My friends loved him. My family loved him. My mentor loved him. Like all these people were like, yes, you guys are going to be together. And, you know, five, six months into dating, I'll never forget. He told me, you know, he came over to my house and I did not see this coming first of all, but he said, he said, I'm not sure I have peace about marrying you. And at that point in the relationship, we had talked about moving towards engagement about six months in. And it literally hit me like a ton of bricks. I was like, what do you mean you don't have peace? What do you not? What does that mean? Do you? And he's like, but I still want to date. So I have thoughts on that. Mm. You can go read my book <laughs> to find out what I really think about that. However, you know, we, we decided to take a break to figure things out. After the break, he did end up rejecting me or, you know, breaking my heart, breaking things off with me. And the biggest lie that I had to face in that relationship and that I've often faced throughout my life is this lie that I'm good, but never enough. Wow. And this has come to me so often because it, because outwardly, like I'm an Enneagram three, I know how to put myself together and I worked in fashion. I was a girl that showed up to my career and like everyone who would look at me would think like, oh, she has it all together. Like this girl, she look at her, the way she does her hair. She's so good at work. She's so social. She's this and the other on paper. I look like I'm like, have it all together. But there's this lie I've always believed that when people actually get to know me and know my history and my story and some of my insecurities and some of my brokenness, that I'm never enough, that I'm not going to be enough. And with Chris, this was exasperated because in this story, I had a, you know, a big sexual past, especially compared to him and he was a virgin. And so eventually he found that out about my story and that was hard for him. That was a really hard thing for him to learn. And I kind of picture it like I was this box, like this perfect gift that he was given at the beginning. And I'm like everything he wanted. Mm. And then he opened up the gift. This is what I used to tell myself. And he opened up the gift and what was inside, he was like, oh, that's not really what I thought it would be. That's not what I wanted. And so at first it was like this thing that he loved and adored and was so excited. But then as he opened the gift, as he got to know me and different parts of my heart and my story, he didn't really like what he saw. Now that may not fully be true, but that was what I believed. And so this lie, I'm good, but never enough continued even through starting Heart of Dating. It's been something I battled throughout the years because now with a platform, people are like, you're this perfect Christian dater. And I'm like, no, I'm not perfect. That's definitely not it. <laughs> so, But a lot of guys who dated me, who knew me or saw my story and followed me or whatever, if I ever dated those guys, they would think like, oh man, she must be perfect. She must have it all together. And I'm like, but but I also have other sides and I'm still working through things and yeah. I'm not perfect. And so the, that has been the biggest thing I personally had to work through when it comes to rejection. Wow. that I so deeply resonate with that. And I'm sure so many people out there do as well. And even as you're talking, it was almost bringing up feelings for me of like hearing very similar things yeah. from like those perfect Christian guys. <laughs> I've dated yeah, someone very unquote, similar. Yeah. yeah. And I, I remember kind of similar to your story. Um, we were sitting out on the curb out in front of my house and he had just told me he loved me that morning and then came over to my house and broke up with me in the same day. Oh, and I was like, no. what? 
what's going on right now? And I asked him, I was like, well, what, what happened? Like yeah. I thought you, we, you call me your wife. Like we were literally about oh, to get married. That's what I was planning for. And now all of a sudden you don't have peace. You don't think we fit. And I'll never forget him saying like, you are the closest thing to perfect, but it's just not working. And so that kind of leads. Ah! To the, yeah. I was like, and so that's the worst thing you could say to me in, in that, that moment, so especially given the relationship history I had before that. And yeah. so it kind of just fed into this lie. Now there's so many layers and nuances that we can't cover in this short amount of time. Yeah. But the lie that I began to internalize was if these guys are rejecting me, there's no way I'm worthy of the right guy. And that came from just a history of in these relationships I was in from an early age. I was like all in from the get go. From the second that we were actually in a relationship, I was like, I am in love with you. I am never leaving your side. We have this like, in common. Uh, yes. <laughs> it's like, I'm going to show you that I am a worthy Proverbs 31 woman wife. And I'm going to earn that's my it. way oh, the into the ring. Into, yes, 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 exactly. And so that's how I felt. But then I would be in these relationships with these guys. Mm. And afterward, I'd be talking to my friends and I was so in love with them. I thought they were the best things on earth. And I'd have people saying to me like, oh, Haley, we knew that wasn't going to work out. Or like, oh, we can't even believe you dated him. Like, <laughs> So it kind of just this lie of like, oh my gosh, I thought these guys were amazing. They were incredible. I enjoyed being with mm -hmm. them, but yet they were, how did I miss the memo that they yeah. were kind of like not good enough for me? And so it's just a really weird thing of like, okay, these people outside mm -hmm. of the relationships are telling me that these guys aren't good enough for me yet. I don't feel like I'm good enough for them. Mm. And so that lie of like, well, if these guys are the ones that are rejecting me. And that's not, not to knock on them at yeah. all. Like they're still great guys doing great, amazing things. And I don't want to slander them in any yeah. way. Yeah. But it was just like, wow, if, if these are the kinds of guys that are rejecting me, if I ever found the right guy or a guy that people around me seem quote unquote the right one, Oh, am I worthy of that? I don't think I am because mm -hmm. while everyone else is saying they're not good enough for me, I'm you don't I've been heard that I'm not it for them or right. they're and just and at those that time not having the right way to frame rejection is what what made me internalize it so 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 deeply that it affected my own identity and my worth and my value because I was putting it in what they thought of me in the context of romantic relationship yeah. instead of my identity in Christ ultimately. Yeah. You know, this is something that often happens in relationships, whether you're in a relationship like you and I were, Haley, and mm -hmm. got rejected, or whether you just go on a couple dates with a guy or yeah. a girl and they don't want to continue things. You know, we take that rejection. We say, what is wrong with me? Yeah. We say there's, you know, there's something wrong with me. And while we are imperfect people that could learn and grow, and there's surely things we can learn and grow from, that's a horrible first response to say, what's wrong with me? I don't deserve love. I am not lovable. I am ugly. I am uninteresting. I am X, Y, Z, insert whatever it is. But that's what we do. And that's why you need to be able to face your biggest lie of rejection. You know what it is so that then you can attack it because that's what the what the enemy wants to do is he wants yeah. to take us when we're down we're feeling heartbroken mm -hmm. then he's like great I'm gonna sling the yep. slingshot like all of these lies in your direction mm -hmm. and then see what lands you know and typically if we look at our history of rejection whether big or small typically the lies 
there's one bigger one than the others, you right. know? It's like, okay, and mine is being I'm good but never enough. Like, the, I'm mm-hmm. never going to be enough because I'm not going to be – I'm not perfect enough. I can never meet their standard. I'm good at the beginning, but, like, I can never – once they really get to know me, they don't like what they see. Yeah. And, and so if I already am believing that to begin with, no guy that I would end up with would ever actually – truly make me feel whole and worthy and valuable right. because I first needed to realize that it's okay to not have a perfect story mm-hmm. and it's okay to still be in process and I'm okay yeah. with some of my mess and I can only my only promise can really be that I am going to be humble to admit my wrongs and continue to work on it as mm-hmm. much as I can yeah that's you know so but like when we stand strong in that and we know that to be the case and we relieve that pressure from ourselves at least for my in my case, then we can date from a place of like, I don't need to be perfect. Mm -hmm. And I don't need you to like me and approve of me or choose me to know that I am already all of those things, all those good things. Yeah. Gosh, that's so freeing Mm. when you can learn to date that way. And which is hard. It's not easy to get to, Mm -mm. but it's just like this episode of what, there's so much to break down you guys, but if what we can do here is make you feel seen and help Mm -hmm. redirect you to at least some truths that may help you in these moments. That's what we want to do. Um, And Haley, I love that you shared your story Mm. because it's so relatable. It's like these guys who were maybe not even that healthy at the time, you know, where you were like, all your friends were like, oh, you, I mean, you weren't going to be with that guy any, or (laughs) why that guy, Uh." you know, and you're like, well, I don't even feel enough for them. And so if they're not that great and I don't feel enough for them, then I must be somewhere really down here unworthy. Yeah. And so when when I look back at my life, like these guys are rejecting me, I'm not going to be worthy of the right guy. Really, the fault there is giving them too much power. And we tend to do that in rejection. It's so easy to give the other person so much power that they can even hurt you so deeply in that way. And there's, again, just so many layers of looking back at like, wow, that was just a I had a poor place of identity. I would have poor sense of identity. And so yes. That's where learning to reframe the rejection and make it not about you yes. is so helpful. Because I look back now and I'm like, oh my gosh, these guys were like, one of them was 17, 17 and 19 years old. And yeah. here I am like trying to show them that I'm this perfect wife. And they're like, I don't even know how I'm going to make money. Yeah, Like I'm not there yet. And so <laughs> kind of just reframing it and being like, wow, that rejection, like it really wasn't about me. Yes. Like at the end of the day, it truly was about them not being like, in the right spot to want to be in that kind of relationship exactly. and that's okay. And that doesn't mean that I'm less than, it doesn't mean you're less than if someone rejects you, you have to just learn to reframe it. It does get easier over time. Cause I've yeah. had rejections from guys that I've been on one or two dates with. And it's like, ow, yeah. that hurt a little bit. But when you're able to reframe it and speak truth into it about who you are, it doesn't affect your self-worth quite as much. Exactly. And you're able to pivot quicker because you're like, oh, wait, I see these lies coming. Yeah. And I'm not, no, no, no. Like there could be a myriad of reasons this guy isn't interested. It's also why we need to stop putting guys on pedestal as though we, or or for guys listening, girls, because guys do the same thing with women, where it's like, oh, they're the pinnacle. Like Mm -hmm. this is it. This this person who's the worship leader, who's this, that, and the other, you know? It's like we put them on this pedestal and Mm -hmm. then it's like we have to try to like, prove ourselves to get 
to be worthy enough for them to pursue, you know, exactly. but it's like, wait a second. First of all, they shouldn't be on that pedestal. So right. we need to, we need to be equal with these mm-hmm. people. And that comes with learning our value. Like exactly. you're talking about. Yeah. And we talk about rejection being really a blessing. I mean, you say it so often yeah. that it's a redirection to something greater. And we also do talk about dating being kind of a numbers game. So it's like, yeah. okay, I got rejected. I found another person that isn't my future spouse. Mm-hmm. Like I found another way not to make a light bulb, like Thomas yeah. Edison kind of thing. <laughs> exactly. Like you just found another person that doesn't, it doesn't fit or it doesn't work or there's so many factors to it. So when we just internalize a no as just oh my gosh, my self-worth is in the trash now. Like I am nothing. Yeah. Like that's just, that's where we fall into um, just yeah. the the deep hurt of rejection when we don't have to. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much that we can do to pivot it. And I hope you guys are feeling seen right now because it, you should, there's no place where you should feel shame if this mm-hmm. is you yeah. and you are a powerful, strong person and you can take your power back and you can not allow rejection to impact you so much through time, but it has to be a diligent journey. I'm going to close with this on my side. For me with Chris, what happened, you know, that heartbreak broke my heart. It was like devastating. But I share this in my book that before we had that period of a break and what I did is I wrote like this list to myself of, you know, all the things that I, the truths about heartbreak, the truth about rejection, even if this were to go in the direction of rejection, the truth mm-hmm. about Kate, you know, and I, I wrote so many things that God is still good, that yeah. even though you don't understand what is going on, he has good plans for you. I had to write these things down so that whatever the outcome was going to be, which it did end up being a rejection, mm-hmm. I could actually pivot to these thoughts. And this this is why I encourage people to create something like that. I call it like a rejection shield. But like, mm-hmm. what are your biggest lies and your what your mind goes to and start rejecting them now with the truth of who God says that you are, what his word says, and what you know about God's character. Yeah. And so even though that heartbreak was devastating for me, I every day clung to that quote unquote rejection shield. And what happened in that season for me was I was able to focus on what to do to move forward versus every day wondering, why did this happen? Why did this happen? Why was I not good enough for him? Like that lie, I'm good, but not enough. Like I could have ruminated on that for months and all it would have done would be destroy me. I could be on Instagram stalking his every mood, figuring out who he was dating next, Mm -hmm. what he was doing. Like, (laughs) and I honestly blocked him. I blocked him from everything for many months because I knew I wasn't even going to let my mind go there. I just needed to block it all Mm -hmm. out so I could focus on what I needed to do to move forward. And it was in that specific season talking about rejection is redirection it was in that season that God put it on my heart to start heart of dating wow and I truly believe to this day I never would have started heart of dating if it wasn't for that heartbreak because why would I I would have married the guy yeah you know I would have dated him I would have married him I never would have pressed deeper into the heart of God Mm -hmm. and really allowed God to help me look at what to do to move forward and part of that process was bringing me to somewhere I never thought I would go and now I'm truly running in my purpose and calling and so that heartbreak is what set off this entire ministry Mm -hmm. and so you just you truly never know and you guys the last like the coolest thing is that this guy and I still stay in contact. And when Thank You for Rejecting Me came out, I sent him a copy of my book with a 
letter, a thank you for rejecting me letter. Okay. And I, it was a very kind letter, not like, <laughs> yeah, thank you for rejecting me. But it was truly like, thank you so much. Like you are wonderful. I honor you. I respect you. But cause he knew how heartbroken I was at the time. But I was like, thank you for doing this because it was because of that relationship ended it allowed so much more to open up for me and allowed God to move in my life in ways I never thought possible. Mm. And he like cried when he got it. Wow. And he sent me a video. It was the sweetest, most redeeming moment. Yes, redeeming. That's <laughs> yes. exactly what I was saying. That's so powerful. Yeah. So powerful. Yeah. And so, Haley, this was so yeah. awesome to have you on this episode today. <laughs> I loved it. Just the beginning. Oh, yes. Just the beginning, you guys. You guys, we love you. We are here for you. And we can't wait to do these next few weeks together on the What If series. So, Haley, we'll see them next time. Is that right? Yes, we will. Okay, guys. See you later. The Heart of Dating podcast is created by Kate Warman. It is a part of the Converge podcast network. Our incredible editor is the one and only Scott Caro. Our theme music was developed by the amazing Christian Ledoux. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, or if you've never written us a review or ranked us on iTunes, we'd encourage you to do so because it helps us so much to get this podcast into more people's ears. We launch our podcast each and every week on Wednesday. So we'll see you next week. This show is part of the Converge Podcast Network. 